Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the 2300 Pod. Nate Maxson here with you, of course. As always, I am joined by my brother Aaron. Hello. And ECW star, Chad Austin. Super star. We got to change that title to star. I don't Star white, maybe maybe ECW. He saw stars, <laughs> um, you know, because I don't know what what I start in other than taking finishes and chokeslams. ECW nice participant. <laughs> Did you say ECW participant? Participant. I'll take that. <laughs> this week's show, we are going to be covering the episode from June first, nineteen ninety three, and. Um, a little more positive. I think we're going to have a little more positive show about this product this week. Maybe not wholly positive, but a little more positive because a couple of things that I wrote down and I'll get into them as we talk is one of the main things is this show wasn't awful. And you can also see a kind of a mixing of booking philosophies now, it seems to me. It seems like you're you're starting to see Eddie and Polly both influencing the product. Uh, do you guys agree with me on that? Well, I I don't I don't necessarily agree with that. I think that that, that Gilbert probably had this the idea of where they were going a long time ago, mm-hmm. and maybe Paulie just kind of like tweaked a little bit of stuff, kind of helped you know. But um, but yeah, this was clearly had to have been the last of the um almighty Cabrini College shows because <laughs> as we'll get to later on in the show that. They started integrating other footage. Yes. Which means that they didn't, with the recaps and the integrating of other footage, you can clearly see that there wasn't a whole lot left. Mm-hmm. So this was like the where Eddie wanted to take this. This is where he was cutting it out. This is where we're going to do all this and these two months of tapings or whatever, and then we're going to move to the arena. And, yeah, but Paulie may have had something more to do with it. I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, this this had more continuity. Like things started to make more sense on this, if that, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But did you notice during the opening? I for, I kept forgetting to say this when they show all the guys that work there, like Ivan Koloff and all that stuff. I want to say is the Sandman. There's a sign in the background with the Sandman that says, "It says anything goes Friday nights." Did you ever? Did you see that sign in the background? No, I didn't. Like, I, didn't I didn't notice that. Yeah, I, I've, I noticed it, but I never wrote it down until this time because I just, I've just i seen the opening so many times. Mm-hmm. And I was started looking for other things. And there's a big sign behind him at the beginning. It just says, anything goes Friday nights. <laughs> well, I can tell you where I'm not going to be on Friday nights. <laughs> if the Sandman's going to be around there. <laughs> the the other, inter- the, I shouldn't say interesting thing, but the other weird thing about the opening is when they show the interviews, like like when they show like a guy cutting a promo, there's like four times they just show this old fucking dude holding the mic. I have no idea who that guy is. I have no idea who it is either, but I'm like, who is that old motherfucker? Like, he never appears on the actual show. Now, could, could, some of the, could some of the footage in the opening be from maybe uh, TWA stuff, maybe? I, I don't know. I, no, it's, um, it's ECW stuff, but they used to run a lot of bought shows. A lot of soul okay. shows, mm-hmm. and they used to run because I I know that they they ran in conjunction with the promoter in Maryland one time at a sports bar, and it was a it was a sold show and stuff like that. And it and it's it's when it first started airing. I want to say it was on a cable access channel, even smaller than Sports Channel Philadelphia. 
it was on another channel and he was probably somebody that worked for that channel and he was just cutting generic spots you know mm-hmm. I don't know who he was yeah, I have no idea. It's just an old man just standing there. <laughs> just the, the weatherman, yeah, the weatherman yeah. from the <laughs> from the TV station. <laughs> it's also this is also the first episode where we actually get the the bumper from Sports Channel on it mm-hmm. at the beginning. They didn't oh, cut right. that. Didn't even, yeah, but maybe I didn't catch that. You're talking about where they show like the red and blue graphic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where it says okay. I mean, that's the first time we've seen that. That's the first time I've seen it. Yeah, on the on the network. Okay, maybe I'm just used to watching the old tapes that I had that, you know, used to see it. It's the first time I creeped into the network. Yeah. I actually missed the old Carver WW Reed commercials that they used to air during that all the time. It was always the same, like, five commercials that would air that during the shows. And, I, and now I miss them because when they go to breaks, you don't see any commercials. They're like, where's mm-hmm. the Carver W. Reed? Because everybody thought that it was, um, well, I don't even know if it wasn't Todd's jewelry store. Everybody just assumed it was Todd's jewelry store. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, I, I miss seeing them some of them old commercials. But we get uh, we get our opening with Sully and Stevie. Polly comes out, and Polly calls uh, after he sends Stevie Wonderful away. He actually he calls uh, he calls Sully a butt face. <laughs> yeah. He tells him to pull. His, what do you say? Can you can you pull your underwear back so I can see your nose or something? And he yeah, calls him butt face. Butt face. Butt face. And, and then he also he also calls him Sucky Sully, <laughs> Sucky, yep. or whatever your name is, Sucky Sully. Is this the second or third time that Paulie's came out and sent Stevie Wonderful packing? Second is, time. Is it the second time? Yeah. Where he he tells him to go back and watch the nine monitors and be the director, blah blah blah. Like, yeah. is that like is that is that to me? If I was Stevie Wonderful, I'd be going. All right, the, the rating's kind of on the wall now. Mm-hmm. I, I, Polly, think I, I think I see even, where this is going. He even shoots back at Polly because Polly goes, I owe you one. And Stevie goes, you owe me two. <laughs> He's never going to see that. It's probably two payday. <laughs> checks in the mail, buddy. Check, yeah, checks in the mail. HHG will be paying you in about 10 years. And he years. calls him Sucky Sully, butt face. And then he says, ECW is a Mickey Mouse promotion. Right. <laughs> I mean, he's really putting it over. <laughs> no kidding. Last week's crack about the television production. Yeah. <laughs> I, so I couldn't I'm, believe. Like, I'm not. I'm not. I'm actually not shocked whatsoever. But when they open up with going back to the title recap mm-hmm. match, I think they showed way too much of it. Yeah, just, just like the, just like the yeah, last but, one. Like, it's like their their new thing is to at the beginning of each show to show the show last week's tag team match in its entirety. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and it didn't get any better. I mean, yeah. it wasn't like they had some hidden spots that we didn't see during the first time it aired. I'm watching it going, it's still the same. It's not good. I mean, it's not awful. Mm-hmm. But it's just not good. You know what I mean? And nothing nothing stands out. I mean, nothing spells a big, gigantic hot tag than a double hip toss. <laughs> you know, when I, I was like, when it was when it was running, I was going in and out of the kitchen because we, we did it last week. But when I came back in and I just saw... Stetson and Winters give one of the um, blondes a double hit toss. I was like, wow. You know, this is like, this is awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, we get it. We get a full, the full tag team match from last week in case we forgot that the uh, suicide blondes are the, I, I, God, every time I almost say Hollywood blondes, the suicide blondes are the new tag team champions. And then, well, 
the story is moving along quickly with Sal Balomo and the Super Destroyers. As uh, Sal Balomo is facing Super D1 here next on the show. I couldn't tell which one that was. I think that I think that was probably AJ Petrucci. Is he the taller one? Because there's one's just a little bit taller than the other one, and I I don't know which is which. <laughs> well, the one boy I can tell by seeing them side by side, but when they're separated, it's hard for me to identify which one's which. Mm-hmm. But um, Doug is the is the big jacked one, the real thick one. Okay, the bigger one. That's Doug Stahl, and AJ's the other one. But AJ would have been around when Sal was in WWF, mm-hmm. doing doing TV work, you know, extra work. So he probably wanted to work with uh, AJ, you know. But yeah, I mean, um, I don't know where this is going, but apparently we know where it leads to later on. Mm. Uh, but with um, you know, nothing nothing majorly awful in that match, you know. Again, no. it was one of them. Like they're not really. It's almost like they're not booking like for the programs or, you know, for TV. They're all like booking for house show matches, you yeah. know, like mm-hmm. they're not really making setting anything on fire with any of these matches where you see, you know, like I said, a double hit toss is a hot tag. Come on. You know, you guys have been working together for like weeks now. And yeah, they're like, listen, guys, listen, guys, we got to come back to the Cabrini in a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. You guys got to step it up a little bit. We got to come back to the Cabrini in a couple hours. Yeah, make sure this shit works. And that also comes into play later on when we talk about because they were doing the rundown of who's going to be on the show, and the main event was going to be Sandman Morocco. And this, what what I just said, comes into play during the Sandman Morocco match. Like nobody's working for the future or the you Mm -hmm. know the next part of the angle. They're just like they they're all treating them like it's just a jabroni TV taping, you know, and they're, they're not doing anything spectacular and. And then at, at some point during this, what the, the other D comes in and they start double teaming Belomo, and then and the funniest thing about it is while they were because because of his ongoing gimmick of getting in everybody's shit, while the Tommy super destroyers while the super destroyers were beating up Sal, I wrote down where is Tommy Cairo, and then he came out and I was like, there is Tommy Cairo because he's gotta the put, guy. You got to put the Cairo symbol up, man. He's the Batman of the the, the early ECW. <laughs> And it backfires, right? Cabrini needs me. Yeah. <laughs> he must have graduated from there. <laughs> <laughs> they retired his number or something. Yeah, but didn't <laughs> Sal like accidentally hit him? Well, he yeah, like, confu- oh. confused Sal hits Tommy Cairo. <laughs> and you called it last week, Chad, on the slice of pizza, because they actually call his, uh, when you're talking about Sal with the pizza place, they call it the big pizza splash. Big <laughs> <Like a> pizza splash. <laughs> He does, hit, he does hit a I fantastic drop kick in the match. Oh yeah, I had I had that down too. I was like, for a guy his size and that age, he's got to be well into his forties. Mm-hmm. You would think, right? And he hits a great drop kick before the pizza splash. Wasn't that a standing drop kick also? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it's fantastic. <laughs> and then, then I actually made a note about checking out Sal Blomo's boots. He didn't have regular wrestling boots on. They had heels on them. They were like boots. Yeah, like real, <laughs> yeah, real boots. Yeah, <laughs> they had heels on them and stuff. And I'm like, that would have hurt. Stiletto <laughs> style hit the style hit the drop kick. Stiletto style. <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm assuming the match just ended in a what a DQ. Is that how? Yeah, is that did, did, did even did he even announce like what the um outcome no. was? They just no. blew it off. 
Sal, Sal pushed Tommy. Tommy looked shocked. And then we come back from the break and Tommy's still in the ring. No Sal match gets a fucking announcement of the finish <laughs> of it. He used to see their wanders off or some people get involved. Yeah, I got I got a I got a little bit more to say about this next match coming up because I'm really starting to get confused here as to what's going on with some of these guys. We have Tommy Cairo and Glenn Osborne. Well, what we got? I really hope oh, we can find. Ahead. I'm just hoping we can really find because I don't think it's on the network. I just hope we can find this Super Summer Sizzler on the on the YouTube. It is. On, it is on the network. It is yes. the '93 Super Summer Sizzler. Yes, it is under ECW Super Shows. It is on okay because because Dick Murdoch's going to fight Doug Gilbert on this thing. They I announced that. I, I don't think Doug. I don't think Murdoch even showed up. He didn't. No, well, that's a letdown. <laughs> Because they were like, oh, I'm pretty sure I was going to be Dick Murdoch versus Patriot. And I'm like, fucking A. I'm pretty sure I was at that show. Because I started going, I started, we started going to the arena shows when they started coming to the arena. And um, I think they advertised Dick Murdoch like maybe one time or twice. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that he eventually ever showed up for that show. That's a fucking letdown. Yeah, it is because I, I I've only got to see Dick Murdoch work live, like being on not on the shows, but either in the in the building, in the business, in the back, whatever, like two or three times, and like he's always one of my favorites. Yeah, but what you have it was like so Carino was I mean at Carino Cairo was already in the ring, mm-hmm. and then what? So they, they they came back from break and then they had to send Glenn Osborne out there. Yeah, yeah, doesn't that already reek of uh, you know who's going over in this match? Because <laughs> then you send out Gilbert and Snuka. Gilbert and Snuka yeah. against Cairo and Osborne, and Eddie just goes wackadoodle on Glenn Osborne at the beginning of this match. What is on? Um, and, well, wait, uh, wait. When he throws him out of the ring and just starts yeah, hitting him, with just all starts beating beating him up, and and uh, pe- he beats him up past a uh, a fat guy in one of the most awkward outfits I've ever seen. I mean, they they just don't. I don't know. I don't know why Gilbert's his um his mindset is like this, but they don't put any steam on local talent at all. Mm-mm. You know, like they're the ones that they have to come back to. You know, right. they're the ones that are going to be there every single week, every single month, and stuff. But goddamn, every single show they're doing jobs. The local guys aren't getting any steam whatsoever. You know. Right. It's not like Snooka moved a- around the corner, and he's going to be there, you know, at every taping and stuff like that. So why wouldn't you let? Why? I mean, I could understand. I don't. I don't understand Cairo's position. But you already see. We've already seen Gilbert. I mean, Snooka and Osborne were three times. Yeah. yeah. Since the TV title, whatever. Why don't you give Osborne something? You know, to, to, to make the crowd be like, "Yeah, this guy's pretty decent." You know. Instead Next you, month when, when Snooka's not here. Yeah. You know, but no, they give them nothing. The, the local guys get absolutely nothing. They beat him around like a schlub outside the ring and <clears throat> hit him with a pop can. And I think he hit him with the ring bell hammer and the and, mic. And the <laughs> he's just hitting him with everything as his tag team partner stands idly by on the apron doing nothing. I actually like the um, Eddie Gilbert's hot shot. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, I don't know whether whether um, Glenn was uh. 
Did they put it on Glenn or Cairo? Cairo. Cairo. Okay, Cairo. I, don't know whether, I don't know if Cairo was close to the ropes, but it just seemed like it came off kind of more more devastatingly than normal. Mm-hmm. Like, he hit it kind of, kind of hit it hard. It, it, it's, it's superficial or whatever, but this is my, uh, like, second favorite um, look for Eddie, like, with his trunk, like, like with his tights. The the white those are my those are my second favorite ones. I, I like when Eddie would wear the green with the flames and shit down it. Like I bet the green tights were the best, but yeah, I like the the white tight Eddie Gilbert. Well, didn't that still have a, a a little small like one flame on the side too? Yeah, towards the bottom. I, I remember them trunks. I think I think um I, I remember him wearing them before because later on when Eddie leaves, he he pretty much sold all that shit. At the gimmick table, now in the building, like when I guess when Paul took over and Eddie realized that his run was over and he was leaving, he set up a table out in the right out there and sold his boots, his trunks, sold everything. <laughs> I was there that night too. Moving day. <laughs> yeah, he he realized he was going home. Overall, this match, I don't know. It was like you said, it's it's not doing anything for the the local guys. Now it put Eddie and Snuka over as heels, pretty strong. You know, I, I mean, thought it was a, I, I thought matter. it was. I thought it was. I liked it. It was at least exciting. Like it. Yeah, it it wasn't so, it, yeah. It wasn't something that we'd seen before. I mean, we'd seen Snuka and uh, Osborne, but at least it was somewhat fresh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's not, but it's not like Snuka and Gilbert are, are eventually going to vie for the tag team belts, though. Mm-hmm. So you know, what I mean, there was there was literally that match could have ended in a no contest or or a DQ, you know, where maybe how about Cairo and Glenn Osborne go crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe something We're... happens to Snuka, like uh, where Snuka ends up getting powdered, and then it leaves Cairo and, and Glenn with Gilbert. Where they can right. bounce him around a little bit, you know, and, and Gilbert ends up running away. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He grabs Snook and Powders, and then you leave Cairo and Osborne in the ring, where they look like they got some, they got some heat or something. You know, right. they just beat him. <laughs> no, just beat him. Just, just beat him. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else on that one? No, well, it was I wish- a basic, basic match. I would I would have flipped who got pinned. I know you guys are talking about Osborne, but I would have let Osborne get pinned and saved Cairo. I think Cairo has the bigger upside if you're looking at the absolutely yeah two stars. <laughs> well, I think Cairo lasted. Uh, see now that see this is where we start getting into semantics and like we don't know what they're thinking. But Cairo didn't last a whole lot longer than Osborne. Once Paulie, because I think I think Gilbert liked Glenn Osborne, and I think I I I saw with my own two eyes. I don't think Paulie liked Tommy Cairo because mm-hmm. when Glenn, I don't know if Glenn got fired or he just decided to stop showing up. He maybe he just realized I'm not going anywhere here, and then Cairo was still around. But when Paul took over full helm of the booking, uh, he didn't Cairo like he put me over. So clearly, Paulie didn't have any plans, you know, right. for Cairo. So yeah. you know, so may- maybe you're right. Maybe Glenn had the bigger upside, but Cairo just lasted a little bit longer. And Glenn to me was like, um, 
he, he was like around the same stage. I guess you would say that I was maybe I think maybe he'd been in the business a year or two. So, you know, he didn't have like that seasoning, you know, and Eddie could have took him aside and taught him something, you know, like gave him a couple of, he, he could have beat up Benefico, you know, or whatever <laughs> Beneficio or, you know, I, I think Gilbert liked him more than, than most of the guys. When we first started this, <clears throat> I originally thought, and I thought wrong because then I, I got to looking into it and thinking about it more. Originally, I thought that Osborne was here because of Snuka, but Metal Maniac. Yeah, I got him confused with Metal Maniac, which Ooh. I guess is easy to do. Yeah. <laughs> but short, um, fat, chubby, long-haired <laughs> guy with face paint. Yeah, it's so. easy. <laughs> no, I, I don't it's see easy. any comparison there. <laughs> it's like confusing Dank with Wink. You're all right. I mean, maybe it's because I've been on too many shows with with Jeff, the Metal Maniac. That, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't see that. Hey, brother. Did you know, Metal, Man- he, called Metal Man- me, he called me one time because we we did a we did a show. You know how Snooker and Metal Maniac were a, a package deal. Yeah, yeah. They worked everywhere. Well, we brought in Snooker and him for um, a, a bought show. It's our biggest show of the year. We always drew well over a thousand. And blah, blah, blah. Well, we brought in like Barbarian or something one time and Warlord and and, 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 and Metal Maniac. And Metal Maniac reached out to me on Facebook a couple years ago because somebody told him that I might have the tape from that show. And he, and he was and I was like, I don't know, because I wasn't on that show. And he's like, well, if you have it, I'd like a copy because Barbarian would really like to see that match. And I was like, Really? All the matches Barbarian was in, he wants to see that match at a high school that was a bought show. You know what I mean? So no, match I, I want to see Tommy it. Young. And I look for it, and I didn't have it. And I, and he keeps going, "Hey brother, did you ever find that match?" Barb keeps asking me, okay, unless Barb is his wife Barbara, because I don't think Barbarian <laughs> is really going out of his way to get you to you know pester to find this one match with the independent show. I also, I, I also I also heard a story that Metal Maniac at a show that he wrestled Jimmy Snuka in got in line to get an autograph from Jimmy Snuka. And a picture, I think, too. Yeah. Yeah. That may have been guy. one of our shows. <laughs> this fucking guy. <laughs> I mean, we used to run these big shows. We ran this high school out in the western part of Maryland where it's very, very royal, rural. Mm-hmm. And um, we would overcharge, like, the school. Like, because we would give them, a, they would give us a list of names that they wanted. You know, and they would always be Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. You know? And we're like, like no, real Saudis over there. <laughs> we were like, real, yeah, real, realistically, <laughs> you know. These are the guys you're going to be able to get, you know? And then we would say like Jimmy Snooker, but we would say like, you know, he's a thousand bucks when he was 500. Right. And then we pay like, um, maniac, like maybe 50 or a hundred, you know? And then the promoter would pocket the rest kind of thing. We, we used to do that all the, well, not, I don't want to say me cause I was never in the, I was never directly involved in it. I used to work them all the time, but that's mm-hmm. how they used to make money off these um, schools, all these bought shows, charging them ten, twelve thousand dollars, and then bringing in um, 
Uh, what's that? What, what's the what's the independent uh, women's match? Peggy Lee Leather and uh, Lalani Kai. No, one of them. The other yeah. one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, whatever the whatever the one is. But yeah, when we would charge them, like, oh, that's a two thousand dollar match. <laughs> <laughs> you want if you want Judy Martin, you're gonna have to bone up the money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some... <laughs> not to mention, not to Bunny mention, maybe. Not to mention, we we could get Doink. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> the, the costume. <laughs> we we just get the Doink costume and just and go look in the, in the locker room and go <laughs> metal maniac in it. <laughs> yeah, that shit was metal. Was shame, metal man. Doink. Is there a gimmick in the history of wrestling that got more mileage than fucking Doink? Let's be honest. <laughs> hey man, I've I've worked shows in the last. Decade that my buddy Bob Starr still works as Doink. <laughs> like he'll do independent shows, like small or he, like really small shows, mm-hmm. and he'll still do Doink at because he can make a hundred bucks, you know, doing um gimmicks. Right. Um. So now we move well, into. Hell, Nate, we saw that sad. Do- we saw sad Doink in Fort Wayne. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even know who it was. Was it Ray sad Apollo? Doink? It wasn't yeah. Ray Apollo. Yeah. We, we we went to a show in Fort Wayne before the pandemic that, and there was a doink there, and he was just the most miserable looking <laughs> doink you've ever seen, yeah. and not like a sick clown, not like an evil clown doink. It was just this like miserable it wasn't a Matt Ward doink. It was just a nobody wants to talk to me or get my autograph. Sad. <laughs> doink. Oh, Matt Bourne doink was my favorite. Oh like, yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Like it, it wasn't like that. It was just a dude. Dressed as Doink, and, and I, I, I love, I love when Bob, my buddy Bob, does Doink, because my buddy Bob, like we would, we we love to travel together, and you know because we would always do these shitty small, you know, little local show, like independent mm-hmm. shows, where like an hour, hour and a half away, where he'd pack his suitcase, and he would have the Doink costume in there, so he charged the guy Doink rate. Right. But then he would also, you know, maybe a hundred and a quarter or 150, you know, and then he would sell gimmicks. But then he would also bring a red mask and red trunks and he would go, hey, I can do the Russian assassin, too. (laughs) And then he would charge him for the Russian assassin, you know, (laughs) and then he would have his Hollywood Bob Starr gimmick. So he could work three times on the show, get three paydays out of the show. Like, that's a hustler. Yeah, like on the on the independence, but to me it was just me making fun of Bob. Like, come on, Bob. That's some uh, that's some Jack Victory talent right there. That's what that's what he that's where I think he got the idea for the Russian assassin. Because you remember mm. the old singlet, the red singlet that came over yeah. the strap, whatever, and it just had the the red mask with the sickle on it. Yeah. And then he would you, you would always you would always wonder why. That Jack Victory and the Russian Assassin were always on the same show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, they were never at the same place together. Never at the same, yeah. <laughs> but they were in the same building. And then, like the the th- the Thunderfoots. Like, how many other people did the Thunderfoots work as? Um, well, wasn't one of them Gene Ligon? Yeah. And and I I'm, I'm not familiar. I'm not exactly a hundred percent sure who the other one was. It wasn't Ron Rossi. Could it have been? Um, uh, I'm not sure. It could have been Dale Vesey. I, um, you know, I, I knew one of them was Gene Ligon because I knew Gene Ligon did a bunch of shit under the hood. 
you know, and, 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 buttons. and my, my favorite, like generic looking masked dudes. And I know we're getting off of ECW topics mm-hmm. here, but my favorite generic looking masked dudes were, um, the gladiators on NWA, the guys that would work in the blue suits because their masks, whenever they'd start getting like their masks would be on and, and it would be covering their eyes and their mouth and all that shit. But when they would start getting the shit kicked out of them, by the time it was done, like the nose would be down around their mouth and like <laughs> into their mouth. And, and it was just, well, you always knew that guys like that were, were going to go far when they had a full body yeah. that matched the hood. Like, cause yeah. I, I've been, I've been currently watching, like, you know, I've been currently watching some Georgia from 84 and Jimmy Hart's managing the New York assassins. <laughs> and they, it's literally Jerry Novak. And I think fucking, <laughs> I think, I think Carl Fergie and they wear, they're wearing the black, the same exact outfits, the black top, the black trunks, the black mask. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't go very far. Did you say Joel? Did you did you bring up Joel Deaton as a Thunderfoot, Chad? I don't think Joel Deaton was one of them. He actually, I looked, I looked it up real quick just because I was wondering, and he was a Thunderfoot, and Ligon was too. Those were the only two that I saw listed on this thing that I was okay. thinking. Yeah, real, Joel, real quick. Good, Joel became a good hand. So. Now them- them oh, gladiators on them gladiators on the NWA, one of them's cutting a promo, and when he's trying to cut a promo, like I said, the mask falls down and it goes into his mouth, and he's still <laughs> trying to cut the promo. And fucking David Crockett's interviewing him, and David Crockett, who's terrible, is interviewing him as he's interviewing him, and the mask is going down into his mouth. Fucking Crockett just starts laughing. <laughs> <laughs> like he's not even trying to not. He's just like, ah. like he's pointing at the guy and laughing at him. It's fucking fantastic. Well, Aaron, I know you you said that we were getting we were getting off topic with ECW, but in my opinion, that's a good sign. Yes, <laughs> because we're not sitting here beating up, you know, ECW. Yeah. <laughs> the next thing on the show we're watching, uh, Max Thrasher is headbutting Smith with a hockey mask on. Yeah, he had um, about three, four times with the hockey mask. <laughs> and this match was so great, they decided to break into it with an announcement from oh, uh, yeah. Jumpin' Jay Sully. Jumpin'. This was probably the best part of the show. Yes, it was. And again, this is this is where I said you've got, there's so much going on that's not even on TV, you know, so you can see that they're, they're starting to get somewhat, maybe not on the TV show yet, but they're getting their footing as far as the promotion goes. Well, the the footage, the footage that we that we saw, because yeah, they 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 cut right into JT and and, and Max, and they didn't give them a whole lot of time, and then they cut right into Jump and Jay, but the, um, the footage <laughs> that we saw happened after the Cabrini College shows, mm-hmm. like it wasn't because because Dark Patriot didn't come in until later on. Yeah, I was gonna say Dark Patriots. Dark Patriot was on there. The, in this footage, there's the what is it? Is I think it's Chris Michaels, the third Suicide Blonde. You can see him right. in the footage. Um, and then Hawk show- too. Yeah, they're showing yeah. you the climaxes of things that are coming. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they already they already ran the ECW arena for a decent sized show. So they clearly tell it tells you that there's not a whole lot of footage left out of the Cabrini College stuff. 
So that was a good show where they hung mm-hmm. J.T. Smith from the um, where they threw him off the Eagles nest. The Eagles and all that mm-hmm. Like that was really good, and um, and like you could talk- you could you could clearly see that that that, that J.T. Smith match was edited to death. It was probably way longer than they wanted <laughs> it to be, and they had like, that good footage to put in there. So yeah, I I, I didn't blame them or fault them at all. But I don't even know what the like, finish was. It's like Paulie's way of saying, "Please keep watching." I mean, <laughs> something against <laughs> Kevin. Like you're gonna really see agree. something. I, I agree. It was like, hey, we got all this footage right here that happened while after we taped all these shitty shows mm-hmm. that we can show you like some highlights of this is what ECW is going to become, and you know, stick with it. You know, yeah. So, yeah, I totally agree. That that's what that, that they had to show something. You know, in that spot, absolutely, and they. <clears throat> the I put on here we got a pen we now have a Pennsylvania state champion and the Simpsons broke up apparently um Winters and Stetson um so we're going to now I don't I don't know if is this stuff supposed to be coming up on the TV show or was it just yeah. a taste like well they're, what, they're what telling they this is what what's to come Basically. I don't know. I, I I must have missed that. Did they did they mention anything about Stetson and, and um winners breaking up? Yeah, yeah. They showed oh, them. Shit, I don't know where I was at. I must have been walking out of the room or something because I didn't <laughs> catch that at all. Yeah, winter or Stetson turned Stetson. It looked like Stetson turned heel on winter. I can't. I couldn't really tell. It was it was a small. It was a small part of the footage. But uh, yeah, it looks like it would have had to have been. It would have had to have been Stetson because as far as I remember. That Stetson was the one that went on to be the heel. Mm-hmm. Because I do remember them eventually breaking up, but I just didn't catch it on this particular episode where they or they showed it or even mentioned it. So, yeah, I, I guess that was just a bad on me for not even paying attention. And, and, how, again, could anybody, and how could anybody boo the fruit of the doom? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> With this puffy mullet and... Shorty shorts. Nobody's gonna do that guy. <laughs> I mean, like he, like literally, he comes to the he comes to the arena and he has to have one of them grocery store bags because all he has is a pair of boots and his trunks. Like, there's no jacket. There's no, no elbow pads. Pad. Yeah, there's, there's, there's no pads. There's no jacket. It's just there's no tape. Like, there's not no, no wrist tape or nothing like that. He just comes in with one of them plastic bags at the checkout line you get when you're buying milk and bread. <laughs> That's awful. At least Stetson had some sort of a, a gimmick, like you know he had a, he had an outfit and shit. I but, got pants, I mean, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. And then later on, I think I think Stetson tries to adopt um the uh wait where's the hockey jersey thing like mm-hmm. later on because I, I, I was listening to another show today where they were talking about a 1995 show. And I tried to find it on the um, on the network, and it was where Cactus and Terry Funk like set everybody on fire or something. Because I I don't even think I was at that show either. Like something something tells me that either I was there and I didn't see that, or that I wasn't there. I was booked somewhere else because mm-hmm. I could have been booked in, in Memphis by that point. Cause it was like ninety five. I know we're jumping ahead. I like I, sometimes I jump ahead because stuff comes to my mind. Does Stetson? Does he wind up? Teaming with Donnie Allen later, yeah. Is that who? Okay, yeah, yeah. Because you said the hockey jersey, and then that started coming into my head about. I just, think he winds up teaming with me too. Okay, okay. And we all yeah. know where we we all know where that leads. 
Nothing but success. Nothing but success. No, I believe there's a big chant of nine one one. No, Jess is over here motioning to her waist, saying that me and Stetson are going to be championship title holders. And I was like, no, it was it was up and down. End the story. <laughs> but you did you did what you needed. You did you played your part that evening in the ECW. <laughs> well, after after all this, I mean, we're making great time. We're kind of. We're rolling through this, but then we're we're we're, we're quickly approaching um, the, the TV main event, which this was for like the what is it is Sam was Sandman the ECW champion or what was belt yeah. was he? Yeah, ECW ECW champion. Snook is the TV champion. Um, All right, Sandman's I had, a, being, I, had a, I had it mixed up. Sandman's being challenged in this match by Don Morocco with his cumbersome waist Boy. for the ECW championship. They they didn't mesh great in the ring, in the least. I mean, it was, the match didn't make me want to turn my TV off, but it really wasn't very good. No, it was uh, it was Morocco. It was like it was like basically Morocco was having a squash match, but giving the guy a squash like, <laughs> hope spots, you know, <laughs> because yeah. he he didn't he, you know he would beat him up and then walk around the ring, you know, mm-hmm. and then yeah. give Sandman a little bit of a a, hope, a, a comeback spot. But it didn't lead to much, you know. Like Sandman never really got that. Um, he he never got a chance to blow that comeback, you know. Right. You know, because it all it all led to Morocco just cutting them off again. And like, and if Gilbert would have known where he was going with this, I, I'm just guessing. This is what I would what I was what I'm saying is that Gilbert should have told Morocco, "Hey, we got to put a little bit of fire into this, you know, a little bit more steam, because we're we're putting the belt on you." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we want to keep this guy kind of like we want to keep him warm, you know, keep him hot. You know, so we got we got to make this match mean a little more than just a regular 10-minute TV match, you know, with some sort of a fuck finish. Cuz I, I I started the panic when Morocco got him up for that pile driver thing. Oh yeah. And then I, yeah. I'm thinking like <laughs> there's no way you could not bury the Sandman this easily in a title change, you know? Like if you give him the tombstone pile driver and you pin him like that, then he's just dead in the water. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw when I started seeing Hack's legs flailing, and I'm like, please don't tell me you're going to try to do that double over the top spot. Well, and you know? that was that was that was there were two things I was going to bring up um, real quick about the match and why I said it was is they didn't work well together and Morocco didn't want to work because there was that spot where it almost looked like Sandman wanted to do that and Morocco didn't. And then there was also the spot where Sandman clotheslined Morocco out of the ring, and Morocco just took it very. Yeah, he just kind of like rolled. Yeah, he didn't put any fire on Sandman at all. (laughs) There's there's a a couple spots in this match that I was talking about, but but that that I was going to talk about, but there's also this match got so boring for the commentators that they even started talking about. Um, Sandman's day glow outfit. Shoelaces. Yeah, his, his day glow shoelaces. And if day glow was cool or not. Like, if, if that's the best thing you got to talk about during the fucking match, it's like, Jesus Christ. Well, I, I'm just glad that Sandman never got the opportunity to go to Mexico and work Lucha. <laughs> when he did that, that spot where he jumped over the top rope to lead to a clothesline, that you would you would have thought was going to be like the Hangman Page buckshot lariat yeah. spot. 
And then he, he barely he almost tripped over the top rope to begin with. So he basically just hopped over the top rope, landed on his feet, and like ran at Morocco for the clothesline. And he almost tripped doing that. You know, yeah. and it was like, I don't, I don't know what he was trying to do, but it just came off poor and sloppy. And then and then right before that, they, there was a quick shot of um of peaches out on the ring, like out on the ring apron. And I, I, I got, I got, I was like a lot like you, Aaron, where I got so lost in the match about it not being good, and I wasn't very interested. I wrote, "Is Peaches good looking?" No. Because I, yeah, I'm just like, I know it's 1993. You know what I mean? And, and like, she's not, she's not even 93, Milfon. She's not. Yeah, I, I know. I'm like, I know Saved by the Bell was still kind of on. You know what I mean? And <laughs> they have a certain kind of hotness on that show. But I'm going, "Is Peaches good looking?" And I'm looking no. at him like, damn, I don't think she is. No, but but Stevie Wonderful, he says she she's like they they show her and he goes he like I don't I don't know if she got bumped or whatever, but I wrote down in my notes that Stevie Wonderful asked how many times do you think Peaches have been off has been off her feet? Wow, who said that? Stevie Wonderful said that. Wow. <laughs> He knows he's on his way out, so he's just saying whatever yeah. now. He's like, "Fuck, she's a whore." <laughs> I, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't have a, I didn't have a whole lot of positive to say about that match. I don't think it was bad. Like, there wasn't a whole lot of awful work. There mm-hmm. wasn't a whole lot of work. Period. In the match, <laughs> yeah. there, like, there wasn't like, any blown, any blown spots on like that. So I ended up, I ended I, up I, just writing boo. I saw one thing, and and. and Chad, you're you're a worker, so you're gonna know if I'm off kilter or the off the, the ah, sorry, off kilter with this or not. But there there's that spot where Sandman was on the apron and he was like holding on to the ropes and they were like exchanging blo- exchanging blows or whatever. And it looked like Sandman was wanting to grab the ropes and then flip into Morocco and hit him with like a sunset flip. And Morocco was just like, Nope, like I'm not doing that. Like, yeah, like, they, they easily could have. They easily could have been building to that, and I don't know how Morocco calls his matches. I don't know if he calls him in the ring or whatever. But I could see where you would see Sandman was trying to hope for it. You know, he was kind of <laughs> hoping like, that the more I like bounce was, back, the more that I had the opportunity to maybe yeah, catch him like, in the gut where I can start to flip him. But he just yeah. kept giving him left hands. Yeah, Morocco. That's, was that's where like, he did the nah, clothesline, right? I'm not doing that, brother. He was just like, nope. Not today, brother. He just didn't want to do that. Is that where he did the over-the-top rope clothesline spot? Yeah. And while he was leaning on the ropes, bouncing back and forth, he gave him like three or four big left hands. Like Sandman's left, Sandman's punches, because he's a lefty, they aren't the worst, but they're not great, but they're stiff. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of hard to judge whether they're good or not, because they don't look great, you know, like a a Terry Funk left haymaker or whatever, but they're stiff. So you but can't really, take away from the fact they're good. It really looked like Hack wanted to do a sunset flip over the top and Dom Rock. Yeah, Dom Rocco wasn't happy. It was it. like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> you know, honestly, yeah, guys, it could have been mutual. It could have <laughs> easily have been mutual. Like, Sandman could have wanted to do that spot, but then Sandman would also probably do said, that I'm not even sure I can pull this off. <laughs> <laughs> this man I does have a this man, this man does have a cumbersome waist. A yes. self admitted a self admitted cumbersome waist. <laughs> oh, then then right about here, right about now is when I just yelled, "Oh no, the Rock and Rebels out there!" 
<laughs> and I was like, fuck yeah, the Rocket Rebels out there. <laughs> I can't believe he put the boots to peaches. <laughs> I mean, I, I literally didn't think, and this is this is not even like, I'm not even like shooting going, because they really didn't do a whole lot of, of male-female violence. Mm-hmm. And then when Peaches is like knocked out on the floor and Rebels over there like putting the boots to her, and I'm like, I wonder if Paulie gave him the okay to do that or Rebel just did it, you know? Yeah. Either way, it worked. I mean, it. <laughs> when Rebel well, showed up, a match. When Rebel showed up, I was excited. I was like, yeah. <laughs> we get the phone well, spot uh, with Polly coming in with the phone. They they don't know what they want their rules to be yet. I think in this company either because there's there's times where things like for example during that tag match the the uh, the um, uh, Gilbert Snuka match you know there was all that chaos going on and the referee just kind of stood around like an ECW referee would later in in years and just has to kind of watch it happen and be there for the count. But then there's also spots where they're trying to, you know, they do a ref bump and they're trying to do things behind the ref's back. I don't think they knew what they wanted their rules to be yet as far as what's, you know, what's legal, what's illegal. They're just kind of booking. The rules are based on the match, it seems like, at this point, whatever the story well, that, we want to tell. That, yeah, that, that that's Memphis right there. Mm-hmm. That's just typical Memphis shit, you know? True. The referee, the referee can, like, it's okay it's okay for you know the main event guys to not necessarily tag in and out and do all kinds of shit like that. But in the undercard, you know, you know, the referee's going to be counting one, get out of the ring, one, you know, kind of <laughs> shit. And mm-hmm. and of course, the, the baby face is is kind of bitching like you're missing what's going on over there, blah blah yeah. blah. You know, yeah, it's like like you said, the rules vary depending on the match, <laughs> which it's is like, like what to me is AEW. Well, I was going to say, and at this time, what, this is 93, so, I mean, precedent set by WrestleMania 9, because WrestleMania 9 was kind of the same way, you know, the the rules, mat- this this mattered in this match, but it didn't matter in this match, so I guess that's uh, that's par for the course. Anything goes to Cabrini, brother. Which referee <laughs> was this? Was this the guy with the black hair? Because I started seeing this other referee. It, there's Molino and Finnegan, and then there was this mm-hmm. other black-haired referee that I saw scattered in every once in a while. And he looked like – I think he was the referee during the Sandman-Morocco match because he looked completely intimidated. Yeah. Like, almost like he couldn't believe he was in the ring of Morocco. And I'm going like, <laughs> you can't believe you're in the ring of Sandman. <laughs> you know? Who the hell are you? How would you get in the yeah. ring? <laughs> so, yeah, you start you start seeing this other referee. So maybe he was a friend of Morocco's, you know what I mean? Or I, mean, I don't know what his deal was, but mm-hmm. you start seeing another referee. Because I, I know Molino and, and Finnegan, I know I don't know what their resume was prior to ECW, but they knew how to how to work ECW. It took them a little while because, like, they probably, like, like us, didn't know the rules, mm-hmm. you know? Like, you know, you know, when Gilbert's doing that shit to Glenn Osborne out in, outside the ring – like uh, uh, Finnegan had to f- had to figure out. I got to turn my back to this somehow. Right. You know? <laughs> I, I can't. I yeah. got to figure out a way to get distracted where they can't sit. You know, see me to, staring yeah. at it. <laughs> I have to go over here. I have to go Finnegan over here. Just watch the match. Like hot dog, hot dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, because the other guy never came in to like you know kind of cause the distraction. So the referee had to find the reason why to turn his back while Gilbert's out there beating the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and did you notice there was like no Terry Funk promo on this show at all? Yeah, nothing. 
<laughs> Nothing from the funkster on this. Except for the except for the cryon at the bottom of the screen about promoting um whatever the super summer mm-hmm. chair. It was I mean the chain match. There was no not even an old recycled funk promo again. And Gilbert didn't even mention him during the show, I don't believe. When they I, did the, I, I, when I they did the promo at the end. All. Yeah. I didn't hear his name mentioned at all. I, I, I thought I thought by the end of that match that they basically kind of killed off the Sandman a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like maybe maybe somebody maybe somebody backstage started talking to the Sandman like behind the scenes and realized maybe you're not the surfer guy. You know, mm-hmm. maybe we don't know what you are yet. Maybe your maybe your Dayglo got to go. <laughs> yeah, they go. <laughs> Yeah, they, maybe they didn't know what he was yet. So yeah, I'm start. I'm starting to get that vibe. Like, get rid of the surfer gimmick because they yeah, made a but, couple references about him being a bum and Morocco being the real surfer guy. And yeah, yeah I, I, let hack be hacked. Mm-hmm. I, I did think I did think this show um, was a, a, a great sign of things to come because it looked like they put a little more effort into tying the ends together, like mm-hmm. making stuff make more sense. It, it's just it wasn't it wasn't that, that the angles were bad or like that. In my opinion, it was the execution. It was who they had working with the stuff. You know, the, right. the, the players that were involved. The angles were fine. It was just the players. Matches had no heat. You know, they weren't booked like you'll start seeing it later on. How every match had like Paulie would get with everybody and tell them like, hey, this this match is going to like you know, air on this date or you know we're building towards this. Right. So we need you to do this. It didn't seem like they had that same kind of uh, continuity when Gilbert was running the show. It was like, all right, these are the matches. Go out there and do them. Mm-hmm. The, 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 I, I just wanted to bring up real quick because now I've finally caught up, I think, with my what I have available for the Pro Wrestling Torch. So I went, this show was June, set ten, June 1st. It aired June 1st. So I went with the June 7th Torch. The only thing in the ECW notebook in the torch for this week, and I don't think it actually winds up happening, to my knowledge, it says Lance Russell and Paul E. Dangerously will host the June 19th ECW TV taping. Lance Russell ain't never in ECW. I don't think Lance Russell ever made that appearance. <laughs> no, because as far, as far as I know, um, and I could be wrong, I, I think the Cabrini College shows are the only TV tapings that I don't have. Because mm-hmm. when I started seeing like the video packages for other stuff where they're in the studios for upcoming shows and all that stuff, I have all that stuff. And I don't remember even Lance Russell being brought up. I think I remember him then saying about he's going to host the show, but yeah, I don't think there's any chance. Yeah, there, ain't no, there ain't no show. chance Lance Russell showing up in ECW. Because that would have ended up, that would have probably would have ended up bringing in Lawler. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There would have been a tie-in somewhere there. There's no way. Why would you just bring in Lance Russell? <laughs> Especially the ECW. Glenn Osborne. Yeah, yeah, not <laughs> that, that ain't gonna happen. You need somebody else to beat up Glenn Osborne. <laughs> so, because Lance would have been what? This is 27 years ago. He would have been in like in his like mid sixties, yeah. late late sixties. I don't even know. I don't even know at this time if he was still doing USWA. Was, he was. Was, was he? 
I couldn't remember if it was just uh, Dave Brown and Corey Macklin at this point or oh, not. Oh, no, not Corey Macklin, Dave Brown. Oh, man. <laughs> that, I think that came around. Um, 95? Well, that- a, little bit, a little bit during 95 because Lance was still around during the Smoky Mountain um, feud. Yeah. But then they brought in, then they brought in, um, let's see, 96, 97. Michael St. John was in for a little while. And, and then it became him. basically Dave Brown and Cora Macklin. <laughs> Michael St. John and his mustache. When Michael St. John comes, you have to pay for his mustache, too. Did you know that? His mustache gets a rate. <laughs> That's Corey, Corey Macklin. What's your opinion on Corey Macklin, Chad? He's, oh, he's the best. He's the king here. <laughs> Corey Macklin. I got um I mean I, I just did a little bit more research on him recently because I have all his all of his DVDs, the ones that he licensed that he basically stole from Lawler. Yeah. You've heard that story, right? Oh Where yeah. Yeah. Lawler had no idea that Corey Macklin was selling the best of his members. I have all of them, every single one of them. And and I, I didn't realize he sold the rights and was like, if you can find it, you can sell it, brother. <laughs> well, that's because it was public domain. Yeah. Because nobody knew who the hell owned that shit. So when he bought it for like a hundred bucks, that somebody said, "Hey, if you buy all these, you get the rights to the to the, to the footage or whatever." And Laura was like, "What the hell is it?" <laughs> um, I I just like Corey Macklin for the fun of it. <laughs> you know, I don't think he was good by any stretch of the imagination, but I just love when he's like the king here, the, the superstar. <laughs> yeah, Corey oh. was great, but nothing beats Lance Russell and um. They brand the weather crown, other clowns. <laughs> well, I gave, I actually gave this show a three. It's the first time I've given one of these shows a, a, a higher than a two. This show was not. It was a terrible. It was decent. I gave two I, I would, I, No, I, I, I'm not even, not even going anywhere near that. I, <laughs> I, I gave it something because the last couple of shows I did completely shit on and like didn't even want to give it a ranking or whatever. Mm. Yeah. How about this? I noticed this show. So I'll, I'll give it that. I noticed that it was on, and I noticed that they started trying. But if I had to give it something, you know, a solid one, one and a quarter, you know? I mean, you know, I would say one and probably three quarters because I liked I liked where they were going. Like I said, my biggest problem was just the execution, mm-hmm. was the people that were the players in the whole entire thing. Because imagine if you had guys like Lawler in there or, you know, or other talent to take place to take the place of uh, Glenn Osborne or or Tommy Cairo. You had guys that were more talented that had more time in the business. You know, all that stuff would have been done better. Right. But it just all the level of experience that them guys had were probably no more than three or four years apiece. You know, besides AJ, who you know did jobs in the eighties and mid eighties for the WWF. Mm-hmm. But other than that. Doug Stahl only had a couple years in. Glenn was just breaking in. Winters, I mean, he's been around forever. Um, I'm pretty sure Winters was back in the DuPont network date. <laughs> Wool tights and shit. Yeah, I mean, and 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 you had Stetson, you know. So not, there's not a there's not a wealth of experience with these guys. So they're getting and a the, chance. And the guys with, that and the guys that do have the experience don't want to put these guys over. No, so. so yeah. it's, it, it defeats the whole entire purpose. So mm-hmm. it's like you, you're giving these young guys with no experience an opportunity to work with guys with experience, but the guys with experience don't want to do the fucking, you know, the right thing. 
mm-hmm. and making guys look good. It's like, why? Why put these guys over and make them look good? Well, because you're going home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and these guys are coming back. So, we, you know, we need these guys to look strong, but they did nothing. Not, not a single guy in, in the whole entire ECW roster, with the exception of uh, Candido and Hot Body, only because they worked with other locals. Right. The only guys that had that maintained any sort of momentum or any sort of steam to carry on the, the company once everybody leaves, you know, <laughs> it just makes no. I mean, Max Thrasher. We're, we're going to see that. We're going to see the end of Max Thrasher coming up soon. Because I mean, this is not a knock on Max, but once you once you see the ring change, is when you start when you're not going to see Max Thrasher anymore. Mm-hmm. And like like you guys said, that next week we start the ECW Arena stuff. Correct. Getting. Let me see. Well, all right. Here's your promo. Here's your um, here's your uh, summary from the WWE Network for next week. The Sandman looks for redemption by challenging Don Morocco for the ECW Championship in a main event rematch. Tensions between the Super Destroyers and ECW Tag Team Champions: The Suicide Blondes explode. Terry Funk's rivalry with Hot Step Eddie Gilbert continues, and more. And looking at the screenshot, because Hawk is on this. Hawk is on this show. So it's got to be in the ECW arena because I don't think Hawk was in Cabrini. No, it wasn't. But see, that that also may have been um, that also may have been in conjunction with a couple of um of uh, weekend shows. Like Hawk could have been working the Northeast Independence that weekend to begin with. Mm-hmm. So he could have had a Friday night show, like for Carluzzo, or or somebody else. And then he just happened to be around the area, so Gilbert brought him in for because I think Hawk was only there for I want to say what maybe either one taping or two tapings. He yeah, wasn't there very long. Yeah, because I think he's he's in this, and then I remember for some reason I remember in my head seeing him in one of those one of those shows that is like it doesn't look like it's in the arena. It looks like they had it at a sports bar or something, you know, like one of those kind of things. But. I I remember. I mean, I don't, I'm not exactly sure when I come in, um, but I was on a show with Road Warrior Hawk because we had what they called what we called the Triple Shot Weekend of Love. <laughs> it was the um, it was the Plymouth, the Plymouth shows. We, we did we did a show I think at, at in, in Plymouth, Pennsylvania. Uh, I can't think of it. It's it's a historic place like the building or whatever. And then we had a poly had a bus and then we did a show at, at a Delaware high school. And mm-hmm. then we had the show, I think on Sunday was the TV tapings at the arena because I remember, um, Hawk, um, while we were in a battle Royal at this Delaware high school. And the only thing I remember was, uh, Hawk backed me up into the corner. <laughs> and the next thing I know, I was literally six feet above the ropes flying across the ring and then literally you can see my head turn and look at him and all I hear all I heard was Beal and I was already launched <laughs> like I was in midair and I heard Hawk go Beal I'm like alright so I gotta figure out somehow to bump like while well, I'm already flying through the air but that's the last I believe Hawk was, was there for because what, what was the show I don't even know if it aired where Funk puts the um was it Funk has this, the bag put on his head? Mm. You remember that? Yeah, but I don't know when. 
I don't know if we're going to see that in this coming up or not. I don't know. We have to be getting around there mm-hmm. sometime soon. Maybe it, maybe it was towards a little way more towards the end of '93, because I believe that I believe that Gilbert was pretty much done at the uh, at Ultra Clash. Mm-hmm. And what was that? September. That's in October, I think. October? I believe. Okay, yeah. So yeah. This could have been like November or December. So yeah, yeah. Hawk would Hawk would have been a guy that just came in part time, and I don't remember if they put a belt on him or not. I, I I don't recall. We are going to find out as we trudge through more ECW. Um, as we wrap up here, guys, Aaron, do you have anything to say to to end the show here? Any more thoughts? No, I just thought this was a good show, and God bless Don Morocco. <laughs> yep, no covers. And it's oh, cumbersome yes. waste. We need to come out to that song. <laughs> that Seven Mary Three song? That's good stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think I think where they're going, I'm, I'm excited about where they're going. To me, it was just the players and the execution that was yeah. Other than that, I, I did I did like the way the direction they were going. Any other parting words for our listeners, Chad? Before we sign off this week? No, I just can't. I just can't wait to get out of the goddamn culinary school of arts, whatever <laughs> college that they're in, and get into because um I, I can't wait till we start. I can't wait till we get to the the, the arena stuff where we have the guys with the um the, the uh what do they call the front row people? Murderers Alan? row. Yeah. Uh, it's murderer's row with all the guys at the front row because mm-hmm. I, I have a theory I have a theory about them guys that you guys are totally probably going to kill me on but it, if you if you think about it, it it will make sense coming down the line so I can't wait to get into that stuff because that's when you're going to start I'm not necessarily positive that you're going to see me on any of these shows like in the crowd but I start going to these shows cool and, and that's when I, because I, I never even knew about the Cabrini College stuff, honestly, until we started doing this. Mm-hmm. I never knew they ran anywhere, but um, we did that show at Drexel High, but I was already Drexel College, but I was already working there. So right. this Cabrini Cabrini's College stuff was all new to me. But other than that, no, I mean you could always just follow me on Twitter as Chad Austin Demira, and follow and and listen to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. I'm putting you guys over. Thank you, thank you, and uh, I'm, also I'm your, over on it, but you know it's a good show. Also, your but your buddy's podcast too. Why don't we mention that again while we're on here? The vinyl the vinyl podcast. Yeah, it's hip hop vinyl spinners. It's a podcast, but um, he let me know today that uh, he's having a little problems with his um, with his uh platform where mm-hmm. he's you know what he's using. But he was reaching out to me. Which I'll see him this Friday. I'm going down to see him this weekend, and he asked me about our platform because he's having a problem with his. So he's like, "Don't bother putting it over anymore because I'm taking a hiatus till I can figure out how I'm going to um, retool it." Okay. Well, if you need there's, to put there, it, there's there's back issues. It's a hip hop mm-hmm. vinyl spinners podcast. They review a hip hop record, you know. So mm-hmm. there's 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 plenty of previous archives to check out. All right. Sounds good. Well, everybody. We want to thank you for joining us once again this week on another edition of the 2300 Pod. And as our broadcast colleague Jay Sully would say, we'll sign off by saying we'll be right back next week. <laughs>